AfterBuzzers. Thank you so much for tuning into the Orphan Black After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we're going to be discussing Season 4, Episode 8, The Redesign of Natural Objects. Please stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ah, uh, here it is. Having prayers and deep thoughts and rock operas. Yeah, exactly. And thank you to Allison to being such a star this episode. Just amazing, amazing. Thank you all so much for tuning in to our Orphan Black After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Welcome, Clone Club. I am your host, Sam Davidson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. And it's just me and my girl, Joelle, here. So, Happy to uh, be here, man. Excited about it. She's on the web chat. Let us know where we can yeah. find you on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Joelle Monique on Twitter and underscore Joelle Monique on Instagram. Awesome. Well, there's a lot to talk about. There was a lot of plot setting. So I, many things happening really propelling the story forward this episode. And t- drama and like everything I love about Orphan Black was at peak this week. It was so good. There was. You know, I will say it about this season, which is totally awesome and fine. You know, there's not been a lot of like love interest stuff, which is kind of cool because we I'm get to... It. I am too, because we get to see everyone focus on what's really important, which is like their lives. Stay alive mm-hmm. and um, keep the sets just safe. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. That's what's, what's up. Keep it all safe. So, <laughs> we really appreciate you all for tuning in, and we're really excited yes. about I, I was a big fan of this episode, um, and a big part of the episode was Allison. Yes, thank God. Allison is an amazing clone. She She's just, like, a really dynamic character, really fun to watch. She's somewhat the comic relief, but also is a huge, like, problem. <laughs> yeah, well, that pinched-in nature with the desire to, like, pop a cap in someone's ass all the time is just that, like, duality of her nature is so fun. And to get to see her, and we've been talking about it a lot, of her, like, kind of rising into her power and really, like, pulling some gangster moves, to be honest. Uh, I'm really happy with her progression throughout the whole season. Like, this season, even last season, with the whole, like, drug selling, smuggling, like, taking down local other moms (laughs) at schools. Like, it's all all good with Allison. It is, and, but sadly, uh, you know, with Donnie, things are not looking so good. And that's when we start the episode with him in prison. Poor Donnie. I'm really really worried about him. He's, like, not the kind of guy that should ever be in prison. Ever. And especially, and I mean, I guess they did say that it wasn't, like, a maximum security. Like, most of these are, like, guys who have small misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. And yet. And yet. I feel like you give Donnie, like, a private cell or something. Protect him. Yeah, I mean, because he is the opposite of protected because there's a neolutionist in the prison. And when I watch it the first time, I go, oh, at the beginning I thought maybe Donnie is crazy being crazy about this because yeah. I didn't exactly catch on that the guy legit said he was a neolutionist mm-hmm. it was very quick and fast but indeed he was mm. and he was working for Duco yes and you know he basically was going to shank Donnie's uh, brains out yeah he was prepared just a phone call away going to take his eye out maybe sap him other places I mean he roughed him up really well like there was a lot of tossing around that cell and it was very scary yeah, I mean, there wasn't, uh, you know, at least no one, like, frisked him. I, Donnie probably would have preferred being frisked than, like, having a blade up to his brain. Oh, sure, sure. You gotta grill me for a few minutes? Totally. Do what you do. 
Yeah. And then what I thought was an interesting part of this episode, because I have always been very skeptical of Felix's sister, Adele. Mm -hmm. And she does come in and comes to use. And for the first time ever, I kind of trusted her a little bit. She, okay, here's what surprised me about that moment. I had no idea that she was going to be able to do her job with any kind of capacity. Like, she showed up drunk, which, you know, tells us that she hasn't changed much. But she was right on it. She's like, let me make sure you don't get frisked. I'm going to stand up for my client. Like, she has an obligation, like, a constitutional right to see her husband that you're not going to take away from her. I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. I, I was not expecting it, but I'm, I'm a little impressed. And I really loved the moment when she saw Allison, mm. and she thought she was just straight up tripping. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm really messed up. No. Oh, this is Sarah's twin. I'm not crazy, yay. She's like, thank God. <laughs> that was scary. But, and she also said, which I thought was really, like, very loyally and smart, don't tell me things that I don't need to know. I don't know anything. Yeah, I was like, wow, this girl's kind of stepping up and is becoming a useful character, mm-hmm. and I like it. Yeah, I, I'm i glad that she's being utilized. I'm actually really excited to see Felix with a family member now, like, a blood family member. Like, it's nice to know that Felix has something of his own, mm-hmm. and so the whole existence, as far as we've known it, has been dedicated to helping Sarah, so... This yeah. is really exciting. And he, you know, he can also now bring this to the table. He already has brought a lot to the table, Felix has. I mean, he has this relationship with Allison. It, it's a brotherly, sisterly relationship as well. Oh, totally. And we see that this episode when she calls him, you know, for help and she, you know. But then what the problem is, is that Duco is being, you know, told to basically crack the weakest link, which at this point is Allison. They have the most dirt on her. She's easy to access because she has broken the law and they know about it. So it's easy to to take her down as opposed to they're not quite sure where Sarah is. Kasim is dying and clearly gives no Fs at this point um, and isn't going to betray anybody. But Allison's got kids. She's got a husband she cares about. It's really easy to get to her. And did you not, were you at all bothered by when the Reverend was talking to Allison? Did he not seem creepy and like an undercover spy? Because I definitely was getting that sense. You know, I did, I thought that he was just a weirdo, but now that you say it, that does make a lot of sense. He, the, what ticked me onto it was just, he was so adamant about getting that information, it seemed like. And then in the end, he kind of backed off, so maybe in pop culture today, it's very, like, the priest, no one would expect, but we all do, so maybe this time it's a twist on us, and it's just a priest who cares about, like, a member of his clergy, and he wants to make sure she's okay. But I definitely got some inky vibes off of him, and I still do not trust him at all, really. Well, he told her, essentially, <clears throat> through, like, signs or whatever you want to call it, incoherent talk, not knowing what she's really saying, is that she should turn on Sarah and save Donnie. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you say that kind of makes sense, because if he was on the Neolutionist side, then that would really be, like, a great coercion for Allison. Yeah, like, think about God and your vows to your husband, and you can't trust anyone else, and is one of the people we're talking about Donnie, or is there something else going on? And I'm like, sir, these are really invasive, which, again, if you are of the faith and you have a priest, like, they're not that far off if he really cares, but it would be really easy for me to see him Again, he's fully covered. He could have the tattoos and the illusion is under there. We don't know. Yeah, and I just think it's a bit of a, like, very intrusive uh, 
It's reverend. It's a reverend. Today mm-hmm. I was looking at reverend. So he was weird intrusive. I was a little bit bothered that Allison didn't qualify. You know, of course she loves Donnie, but just cares about Sarah. That's what she said. That That's how I took it. That there's no... Really? I didn't get that sense. I got... I'm in an impossible decision. My sister or the man that I love and like... And we've been talking a lot about how their relationship seems more grounded this season and how we're kind of understanding like where their love languages meet. As we're because from the outside in it can look like Alice is being abusive. Allison is being abusive to Donnie, but in reality, he's very comfortable with where they're at, and they have like this deep, profound love for each other. So I don't blame her at all for being like Donnie's and like Sarah's handles herself like immaculately in all of these crazy situations. Like if I have to trade Sarah for Donnie, like we could probably get her out, or she could get information and then get out. Like there may be a plan here. I totally get her being like Donnie can't protect himself. Yeah. Sarah is out for herself. The thing is, is at this point, which I hate, everyone is playing each other that are on the same team. So, you know, (laughs) Felix knows that both sides are being played and that Allison is potentially compromised and he's trying to bridge that gap. But, you know, she figures out that he's not, Donnie's okay. He's going to be okay. And I loved that scene as we opened the show, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar, which was a really fun moment for Allison, I thought. The whole, like, with the director being like, where are you, Allison? Like, you need to emote and all this stuff. And you're like, her husband could be dying right now, and she doesn't know that this is really a huge problem for her. And then to see, like, when she was elated for her to go from, like, nothing to, like, 100%, like, really, like, <laughs> and it was that moment. Broadway performance. <laughs> With the hands up, the prayer. I mean, that thick, heavy rift from the song. Like, it was, that scene was, like, equal parts hilarious and terrifying. Like, I'm like, Donnie, be safe. This is a really ridiculous, like, whoever the woman was playing Jesus, who I know we've seen in the past and is a neighbor and does the school council stuff with Allison, was hilarious. Like, she got her time to shine and she was like, I'm going to use every second of this. She was so funny in that role. She was pretty good. Good (laughs) She was trying so hard, you know? She's like, yes, this is my time. (laughs) And then, you know, (laughs) then when Allison came and she figured out Donnie was okay, you know, that was her, like, she was actually thanking God. It was a nice metaphor. Yeah. A little bit of a comic relief, but also pretty messed up. Oh, totally. At the same time. So, gotta love, gotta love Allison, because she's a perfect mixture of messed up and funny and, like, trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Next, of course, we have Sarah. Oh, boy, Sarah. I'm not as mad as Sarah. I, you can't find, I could not find fault this week. Yeah, she's okay for me this week. I say, oh boy, because like, will she ever catch a break? Will there ever be an easy day in the life of Sarah? <laughs> that would probably be a boring episode of War from Black. <laughs> like, the day Sarah just kicks back and relaxed. I just feel like she's always dealing with so much drama. And this week, so much of it had to do with us and Kasima and trying to get the other clones, like, to band together and do, you know, to get to this next step because they were completely devastated last episode. Um, with losing uh, Lita and all the their research being deleted, I, she she just has such an uphill climb. Well, essentially, because at the end of the last episode, we saw the ghost of Beth, whether that was a real ghost yeah. or a drunk ghost um, of Sarah's mind, we don't know. But she told her, like, you know that you need to be here and do what I was supposed to do, which is keep all of us together, mm-hmm. and that's kind of her job. Yeah, that's a huge freaking responsibility. But she also reopens the door with MK this episode, and MK hacked into Kira's computer, 
which was so cute. And someone, there was a comment that was made last week that I thought was fascinating. They, someone said that when Kira was doing her Minecraft, whatever, yeah, it she's wasn't building the island, right? Yeah, that she was building the island, and I think that's so cool. And I think that they're probably right. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I just don't even have words. I'm like, yes, get us all to this island, Kira. Like, help us figure it out, like, Kira. Becoming the key to everything, I think it's such a smart choice on the writer's part, and it's fascinating to watch. You, she's such an unknown component, but she's been there the whole time. So you're like watching her kind of blossom into this, you know, powerful being, like person, and you're like, what? What else do you have? Like, what can you do? I'm so excited to see your transformation. Yeah, I mean, you see the stuff going on behind her eyeballs, mm-hmm. and it is crazy, especially when MK was again reacting to her computer. And, you know, Kira was connecting. It was Kasima and Sarah and MK. And obviously Sarah was pissed. Yeah. It's like a bit of an invasion of privacy. But Kira is so down. She's like, no, MK's cool. We're cool. They should, like, she should be in charge probably. Kira <laughs> is like the horse in other movies. Like, if a horse freaks out and starts to neigh or runs away, like, you need to get out because the horse is telling you something. When Kira speaks, you should listen. <laughs> she's hardly ever wrong. And she's so, like, she's her, their danger warning. Like, and I, I wish that they would trust her in that role a little bit more. I'm hoping Sarah kind of starts to see her daughter for the potent, like the great role she could play. But I know right now she's got mommy brain of like, I have to protect her. You're, you're bringing like danger to her. Kira has been kidnapped and is a highly valued commodity mm-hmm. to these horrible, horrible people. But at the same time, you're right. She's getting older and she is the key. And it's just going to take an epiphany for Sarah kind of to accept yeah. what's happening here. But when she reintroduces MK to the girls... One of my favorite scenes, I think, in quite some time was mm. when MK met Kasima on the video chat. And <laughs> immediately, MK puts her mask back on, and Sarah's like, what the, like, stop. And then Kasima goes, it's okay, if it more, makes me feel more comfortable, I think it's really funny. <laughs> like, Kasima's thinking, if I would be walking around in, like, this mask right now. <laughs> and Kasima just, like, chills everybody out totally she's able to make them feel because remember when we first met sarah you know in the first couple episodes of the whole series kasima was the one at the end of the second episode that's like hey i'm kasima let's chill yeah and it made her like i'm not so scared of all of you guys yeah and i had to be wound so tight and i also like the differences in, and like and i don't know if it's because she's getting closer to death and she's kind of starting to like having these you know like, I'm just going to accept everyone as they come. Like, she's really kind of starting to assert herself. And we see we saw her, like, fall back a little bit. Like, for obvious reasons, she's been really stressed out. She lost what could potentially be the love of her life. She then was dating someone else who was that a spy. We don't know. Like, it's just been crazy for her. So it's nice for her to see, to see Kasima stepping up and being like, I'm not working with certain people. I'm going to trust other people. And I'm just going to be, like, relaxed in Kasima again. And... As we've stated several times, she's one of our favorite clones. Yeah. And so, like, my, her her care and well-being is very precious to me. <laughs> to I don't personally. think it would be the same without her. I, I just think that she, if she dies, that is, that, that would be a humongous loss to the show. And I, I don't think it's going to happen at this point because time and time again, she proves she's the great mediator mm. is really what she is. Because it's like, if you meet her, how are you going to hate that girl? True, and even in 
I mean, I don't know if it's too early to talk about it yet, but even in this episode, we see her do, like, a, take a great step and being like, let me put my baggage and past history aside. I need to move forward so we can get a cure. Like, mm-hmm. we have to bridge gaps with our editor. I was like, are we rooting for Susan now? I've spent so much time vested in hating this woman. And in one episode, I'm like, oh, crap, we need her. Which, again, great mediator, because my ass would have been like, uh, no, you can solve this problem on your own. Well, that was a really other interesting moment, because we have another FaceTime, Skype, whatever it was. MK is hacking into everything, and she shows Sarah and Kasima the whole conversation that went down with Evie Cho. Yes. Which is super cool. Like, how can you do that? That doesn't make any sense, but good for you. Yeah. Yeah, and what she uncovered was unreal, like... Well, I didn't even want to say that, but it was just, it's terrifying to be like, look, all the other clones, let them go. They're going to die anyway. We don't need them. Um, we don't need another Helsinki incident, she said, which, I mean, thank God. I don't want to see the killing of math clones. That's just sad. Um, but she said the self-aware ones aren't going to be so lucky. So now we know that they've got targets on their backs. Which means they have to start moving immediately. They, when haven't they? But they have always yeah. had targets. Like, when have they not had targets on their backs? This is totally fair, but Evie chose some special chills down my spine. Like, there's something... I think because, for her, it's just so calculated. And it's so much just, like, with Susan, there was... I created you, and I'm kind of godlike. But also, you're like my children, so I feel kind yeah. of motherly to there's you. There's a reason. Yeah, and then, like, with um, Leaky. You know, again, more of that godlike complex, and I'm going to change the whole world. But with her, it just seems so, like with Evie, it's just business and calculations and do what we need to do. And I don't feel like there's going to be any stopping her. Like, she seems definitely like the kind of person, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing it now. So I don't know how the clones are going to get to Evie, and they're going to have to put her out. They're going to have to take her down. <laughs> well, on that note, because we're, like, this is segueing into that, when Sarah has her whole thing going on, Excuse me. We know that Mrs. S is just totally in for the kill. Yes. And it is a bit of a scary situation for everybody. It reminded us of how badass S is. Like, it's been a while since we've seen S pull out her, like, Irish... Irish guns? Yes. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Her IRA kind of roots where she's like... Y'all need to leave. I'm about to do business. And I'm not playing with you. And it was... Kind of empowering, definitely scary. Um, I definitely got some moral questionings, but overall, I was like, get it, S. Like, we really need to get this information. And also, this guy has been rude to all of the clones. Well, straight up evil. And I love the fact that she goes, okay, you have somewhat of an offspring, your niece, mm-hmm. that, you know, this whole thing, that does not do it for me. I thought it was going to be it. My child got kidnapped and then my wife died. I thought it was going to have a whole big explanation. Now, see, did you read this as, <coughs> as a lie at all? Because I was like, this is weak saucer. Your niece, who, like, you kind of you gave a very pretty first day. Like it all felt a little too like, oh, but I I I couldn't do anything because you know my family and to say that to us, to say that like, sir, you drove one of my you know like clone daughters to kill herself. You've been hunting us down. You killed my mother. You want to talk to me about family? I was like the audacity. And then for him to turn to Art and be like, but we're blue. The shield. We're cops. You can't <coughs> let her do this. And I was like. 
no, no. <laughs> so mad. Kenny Farmer's like, how dare you? Last minute, you coward. Like, it really just showed who he was as a person. Like, he's not this big, bad, scary, evil dude. He's a coward who allows himself to be pushed around and manipulated and then blames other people for that. And I'm glad he's gone. I am. I mean, listen, in a way, I wanted it to be some tragic thing so we could somehow relate to him. And then maybe it would feel a tiny bit of us perhaps sad about his death. But they made it so easy. Because now we're like, <laughs> just kill him. So long. Do Please it. don't come back. Yeah, so Mrs. S just shot him dead, like, <laughs> straight up. I will be sorry to see that actor go. I just want to say real quick, because that actor was killing it in yeah. the role. Yeah, and as Kevin Handred said last week, I mean, he's a fantastic actor. Amazing. I'm sure he's, like, amazing to work with. I'm hoping he gets something good next to do. So I'm sorry. Give him a lead. He's great. Um, but I am glad that his character is dead because he was bad and I needed him to be gone. He was a constant nuisance. He was like a fly. Like It wasn't like a big bad, like, oh my gosh, so scary. But it was just a constant fly. Like, you're going to ruin everything. Why are you here? Well, going back to what we were talking about with him and Allison, do, so you think that it, she kind of, you know, she said where Sarah was going to go. Mm-hmm. And they kind of thought ahead of Allison. By they, I mean Felix, Sarah, Mrs. S., and they said, you know, she's not going to mean to do this, but she's going to do this. Allison is. She's right. going to tell him. Well, I to me, it was like, I, they knew she was getting squeezed. Mm-hmm. And whether she would get... She, she has so much to lose, and they all understand that. So I think that it was more of like, look, we need to get to her and let her know we have her. That she's going to be okay, that she won't have to worry. We need to protect her. Um, so that she doesn't have to do this thing. I don't think anyone believes that. Like, Allison has been, like, ride or die from the beginning. Like, there's nothing that's going to hurt her family. She finally has a family that she loves and cares for. So that was my kind of interpretation of that moment um, between Felix and S and Sarah. Was just, like, she has too much to lose. Yeah. We need to get to her Like, this is her. our family, too. Yeah. We need to take care of her. Absolutely. Which I really appreciated because at the end of the day, Allison did kind of sell out Sarah. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened. And it could have gone very awry. But it didn't. They were able to take care of it. Yeah. And just kill the shit out of it. Oh, my gosh. The torture scene was really, really good. Um, the because to me what I liked was that they didn't have to go very far like torture is so much more about the anticipation than like everything else of like you know so she's sparking these giant plugs and like <laughs> <laughs> when she puts them on she starts buzzing him but he's like don't do that without asking a question like yeah, she's really kind of terrified and then the minute he gives all the information she needs she just pulls out that gun and I was like it's happening and then I was like plastic like you, this is still a store people come into regularly. I was a little concerned about the DNA evidence she just left everywhere of a cop that she killed. Well, yeah, because in the scene after, the guy that actually is the front for the store was wiping off blood yeah. from the comic book store because that was his, like, brain. Yeah. And we have a whole basement. I'm just saying that there were smarter <laughs> places to do this S. Like, I'm glad you went through with it, but it just seems reckless to be doing it up there. I agree. It, but it felt good. I think it felt good for all of us watching yeah. because it was such a sad scene with Kendall a few episodes ago. Yes. And I'm really hoping this promotes us to move, to, to push through the grieving process of her mother. Like, she kind of got stuck on, like, Sarah did this and you put her in danger and Somebody else killed my mom, even though just a few weeks ago I wanted to kill my mom. Like, um, So I'm hoping that she can process that and get through it so that we can get her kind of back fully mentally working with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because if she's not with Sarah, Sarah's not fully there either. Truth. And we need Sarah there. Absolutely. 
we have, you know, we've talked about Kasima, but towards the end of the episode, she really becomes vital. Her and Scott figure out that it could possibly be Sarah's eggs fertilized with uh, Ian's. Yeah, well, yeah, with one of those clones, yeah. sperm. And one some of the caster clones. Caster clones. They're gonna recreate basically the original by mixing Lita with Caster to create the uh, stem cells so they can get back to their research. Right. And it's, you know, first Sarah is very hesitant and she's like, is this really the only way? Why is she so hesitant to let go of her eggs? Does she really care? I think it's that she can have babies and she can get pregnant. So they're going to essentially be creating a life. And whether they bring that life to term or if they're just using, like, the embryonic sac to, you know, uh, to get the cells that they need, I, I'm i not sure. But I can definitely understand her being like, I don't want to have my clone twin brother's baby. Like, this is a lot of weird scientific mumbo-jumbo. It means I have to give up another part of myself to people I don't trust you know, too, too many things have happened with people taking her DNA or inserting things into her body without her permission. That I totally, I, I got her hesitation. That too many things could go wrong, and she doesn't fully understand science. I think, um, which leads, brings about a lot more questions for her. Yeah, and it, and for me too. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what? I was not good at science in high school, and like this shit's confusing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering like how far they're taking it. Are they like just getting an embryo, and then that will give them enough? Like, I'm not sure at what stage of development. Like, are we gonna have another baby that she has to take care of? Like, I have a lot of questions. Oh God, Kira would end up taking care of it more than anything. Um, speaking of young children being super educated. I think, you know, we have something yeah. to talk about. So you guys here know that there is this we do for free. We, we give it to you for free. But running this place, is it's not free. And so we have really super awesome sponsors. And this week, we have Chapman University, which is right here in sunny California in Los Angeles. And I want to tell you guys a little bit about it. Um, so it's located in Orange County. It's 16 miles from the beach, a little over 30 miles from L.A., minutes from Disneyland and Angel, Angel Stadium. They've got... Treeline Campus, 75 acres in the heart of historic city of Orange. And the greatest thing is they only have 8,000 students, which means small class. We're talking ratios uh, for students to faculty, 14 to 1, which means you're going to get a lot of individual attention if you go there. Um, they've got 100 different majors and programs. So there's literally something for everyone. Items In terms of free time, there's lots to do on campus and off. Close to 200 clubs and student organizations on campus, so you're going to have your fill of whatever it is you want to do there. Chapman University is a comprehensive university that still provides personalized attention for its students. Class sizes are kept small so that teachers can interact with students and you get the education you're paying for. Literally dozens of opportunities to study abroad, short trips, or even entire semesters. Best thing I ever did was study abroad. Definitely want to check that out. Absolutely the best part. 86% of students benefits from some sort of financial aid. So you don't have to do this all by yourself. It's really hard to pay for college. It's hard to get all the money together. It's hard just to like think of, like, I have to keep a job and go to college and do everything. To know there's a little help and support goes a long way. So if you guys are interested, which you should be, just check it out. You can get information at www.chapman.edu backslash information. Once again, www.chapman.edu backslash information. Awesome. Yeah, but I mean, it's a great place to study, and as this show shows, 
you know, being smart's good. It helps. It helps when you're in dire situations. It really does. away from crazy people. You never know what's going to happen. So go to college, guys. Yes. And maybe Chapman University, if that is what you so pick. Diane can't take the education you already have. They can't. They can try, but they cannot. get in there. So we still have Rachel, which, uh, I mean, okay, I was feeling a little bit bad for Rachel throughout the season, but now I'm back on team, like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Rachel is so, like, like you're like, okay, I, I don't want you to be in this much pain, but now, okay, you're talking smack about my other, like, my main clones now, yeah. and I really don't appreciate that, and you see, but, but. Her desire to take down Evie Cho, as a fan of, like, girl-on-girl fights, I'm like, this is going to be a smack down. Evie Cho versus Rachel Duncan? It, he, like, just, <laughs> I cannot wait. Like, I am ready to see, like, Battle of the Minds. If it's got to, we already know Rachel can hold her own in a fight. Like, she did lose her eye, but she was, like, strapped out at that point. Like, Rachel will fight, and Evie will fight. I want this. I want scientific like women battling each other it's gonna be great so in that respect really excited and the respect that she's like i'm looking forward to working with sarah i'm like don't do sarah has had it hard enough Mm. this is the last thing she needs is you coming in there just stirring up the pot making things crazy that look in her eye Mm. so you know kasima ends up connecting with susan and all of that and she's joining they're all joining forces because hey what the hell else are you supposed to do at this point like we said, Kasima gets in this awesome chopper, and it's just like, what the hell? This is dope. <laughs> cool. I'm going to go to this freaking island, which seems really cool, and I kind of want to go there as well. And I got the island of Dr. Moreau, which yeah. we've been seeing and talking about since almost day one, since we learned about Dyad and the edge of all Earth. the secrets. Exactly, and it definitely carries that feeling. I like that we finally get to see a wide shot of the island where they've been staying. The reveal of this has been really good, from just the basement to the full house to now, like, mm-hmm. it's an entire island in the middle of nowhere. K- kudos on that reveal. That was really nice. It's like they're literally on a big freaking glacier or something, and they're just there. Yeah. And that is so cool. Yes. I love it. But Rachel, again, it's like she gets out of her, you know, locked den. <laughs> I mean, it was a nice quarter where she was. But all of a sudden, she's a bitch again. And what? how does she think that she can just be calling the shots here? <laughs> that she goes, oh, me and Sarah will have great fun. And, you know, Cosima. Ugh. I and- feel like, okay, for next week, guys, I promise I'm going to do a read-up on some Greek mythology so we can really break down the swan and what we're seeing. Um, but I feel like it's, that's a message to her. That is a sign to her that she's destined for some greatness. She never gave up her hopes of not just taking over, which now the company is weak. Her Susan's been removed already. All she, Evie Cho stands between her and the destiny she wanted to fulfill for so long. And she hates Evie Cho. Like, you've made her life complicated. You've essentially ruined her mother. Uh, even though their relationship is strained, I'm sure that that still weighs on her emotionally. Um... I think we're going to see, we're going to get right back to world domination plans with her. And I'm kind of okay with it because her as a villain is really great. But is she going, so she's going to work with the clones, but like not really work with the clones. Oh, no. She's definitely going to double cross them. And, and I I can't see her, I mean, maybe they should do a bonding thing where they get it together. But I don't, she, she's shown no signs through all of this trauma of giving anything up. And that swan 
is she's keeping it to herself. She's analyzing the situation. Um, she's seeing people that we're not really sure who these guys are, but they're kind we, of in there. Can we talk about that yeah, for a second? Yeah. So, yeah, we saw the swan a bunch, and, it, and it's chopped up like a computer. So she kind of is aware, as are we, that this might be all computer-generated and not necessarily mental. But then we see uh, the doctor come mm. in, and it's like the scary second, you know, he just like zo- zooms into his face. And I think, do you think maybe she knows what this all means, but we don't? Or she's putting it together more so? I think she definitely has a theory. And I, because see, I wonder how much is even, is it even real? Like, are we, like, to what extent is she seeing, like, is this programmed in the contact that is her new fake eye? Is it a mental thing like she's been through a lot of trauma is this something that she's imagining or is this a clone thing because we know they can see things and talk to certain people I, I, I literally have no idea on what so I can't even begin to speculate like where on the spectrum this lies for her but I do think that she sees it as a point of destiny for her like a, a sign that she is destined to do something great yeah she'll just suck it up and work with the people she hates the most her clones. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And one thing we forgot to talk about this episode was the MK uh, blood cough. You know, we have. Yeah. She's going down just like Kasima is. Yeah. And that is possibly the reason why she is back in the game. But I, I, I don't think MK necessarily means harm. I think she's oh gosh, no. a sweet person. And the way she is, was with Kira... Even, you know, Sarah was like, how dare you? And she yeah. goes, oh, I love Kira. She's my friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think MK is just, if I'm close, people get hurt. But I have something to give. I just need to not be there physically. And it's great because it's so much they accomplished could not have been done this week without her. Um, so I'm hoping they either find a cure really fast or they get everything they need of MK before she goes. It's very scary because <laughs> she she's given them a whole lot this season that without her... They would have been in the dark, and, and gosh, Sarah might not even be here anymore if it weren't for her. Yeah, and it's it's very funny because we learned so much this season about way back in the day, season one, before season one, that we didn't know, and MK was a huge part of that. Yeah. But we were never introduced to her until this season. So we're kind of like, we should give her a little bit more credit, because mm-hmm. even though we just met her, she has been behind this helping the whole time. Definitely. On that note, let's get into some predictions. Yes. Yes. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. Me go first. Okay. So MK has come into a lot of money, and she makes a point this week of saying that she's invested it wisely. I think that's going to come into play in a huge way. Part of me, just based off of like where these narratives tend to go, thinks she'll die and then it'll come back as some kind of surprise um, in that the money goes to the sisters or does something. But another part of me thinks that Kasima needs funding. They, they've been talking this whole season about how like we can't do what we need to do. We're underfunded. We don't have the resources. Three and a half million dollars can go a long way, especially if she's playing it smart, which we know she must be because MK hasn't done anything stupid so far, um, except for almost burning down a guy. <laughs> Stuff happens. What are you going to do? So I think that maybe she's using that to get some medical stuff so that they can continue to do their testing and maybe save some clones. I agree. I think that is an awesome prediction because that line did kind of throw me when she said, I've invested it wisely. Where? How? What? (laughs) What are you doing? Give it to me, MK. I want to know more. (laughs) But, you know, she just kind of keeps it all 
very far away. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously Delphine is still going to be someone in the story. Whether her dead body turns up and Cosima needs to cry over it. Delphine lives. I, I think that she's alive, but I think it was maybe you last week that said she's going to come back, but it's going to be like not Delphine. She's going to be programmed in some way. That was not me. I someone said that. Maybe I believe it was Kelly somebody said it. Yeah, it could have been Kelly. Uh, uh, I I do think Delphine lives. Uh, in what condition? In what state? I don't know. Cause see, because uh, um, Chen said that she wasn't there. Um, that she had died. I don't think they have her. I, I don't think that she's with them. So I'm wondering who has her. Where is she being stored? Huh. Maybe it's on the island, and maybe she's gonna say the freaking day. Okay, guys, if that happens, I will literally cry with <laughs> happiness. But all I need is a Delphine and Cassie Marie like reunion. Like I need that in my life. Please don't kill it. Like I need both of them to be alive and healthy and happy. What I also need though is a crystal. I need more crystal. <laughs> <Forever>. <coughs> yes, excuse me. Forever and ever. Like I'd really, really like. Maybe not this season, because she's done such a great job of just popping up and being hysterical and great comedic relief, but also giving us a little bit of information. I'm hoping that at the end of the season that they're like, we can't leave these clones out there to just like be, be by themselves. Dumb. They're vulnerable. <laughs> they have no idea what they are. They have no idea, like, what contribute. This could be a great contribution to science that maybe they, like, agree to do. So I'm hoping that at the end of the season, once they figured out this crazy situation, that they start to reach out to the other clones, and I hope they start with Crystal, and we get a lot more of her next season, because she is pure gold. Yeah, I could see this season possibly ending with Crystal being like, oh my god, I'm so smart. <laughs> I knew it! I figured it out! <laughs> Vidal Sassoon was at the core. She's like, but that oh. was just for my hair. <laughs> but really, it's other people. I, I'm excited for her to come back. We have a lot to look forward to. Guys, we have a very special guest coming. I'm so excited. Next week, I'm going to tweet about it all week, and I'm going to make you guys follow me on Twitter to figure out who it is. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do that. And everyone else, you're going to tweet about it, too. Yeah. It's it's a pretty big guest. It's going to be pretty exciting. If you guys have followed us, you will know, since we tweeted about it at the beginning, that he's going to be here. So... I'm, like, I'm fangirling so hard that it's just a week from now and I can't wait. I'm just like, ah, it's going to be so <laughs> exciting. It's just so many things to talk to the character about and, like, and what's happening. Hug. And, oh. Oh. Okay, yes, yeah, definitely hugs. All right. Uh, stay tuned for all that. Joelle, where can we find you again on the interweb? Yeah, I'm Joelle Monique, and you guys can find me at Joelle Monique on Twitter, uh, underscore Joelle Monique on Instagram, and every week at Black Girl Nerds. And, of course, guys, don't forget to follow AfterBuzz TV. Rate, review, subscribe. We love your iTunes comments and rating us. It really helps us out here. So please, please, please continue to do that. Tweet us. And just let us know what you think because it's a lot of fun hearing from you guys, and it really makes my day. You can find me online at samdavidsonentertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram at samd43. We will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.